Yesterday, today, and actually tomorrow, we've been hearing from the Acts of the Apostles a section on the first ecumenical council, what's called the, an ecumenical council, a council of the whole church. Uh, the last one, uh, just to give you a little idea, most of us are very familiar with the last ecumenical council, Vatican II. And uh, so a gathering of the church, most ecumenical councils are called to address um, some theological issue or some, some issues of, of major concern, something comes up. So Council of Trent dealing with the Protestant Reformation or um, Vatican I, uh, the, the desire to declare or to clarify the Pope's role and uh, the infallibility of the Pope and, and uh, uh, those kind of things. So Vatican II is one of those oddballs if you, if you listen enough. Um, that uh, it was really more how do we be, become more effective in the world. And of course, uh, as soon as I say Vatican II, people have different feelings about that. Uh, but the, uh, I encourage to go back to the documents. The documents themselves are full of clarity that um, is not or hasn't always been. So those that have problems with Vatican II, either one is they don't think the documents went far enough, or they think the interpretation and implementation of the documents exceeded what the documents said. We'll just leave it at that. But the first church council, the Council of Jerusalem, and they're dealing with something that we might think is rather minor. What commandments of the Old Testament are they obligated to keep? After all, we hear some who were, were Pharisees saying, no, all, all, Jew, all uh, Gentiles who convert to Christianity need to be circumcised. This is no little thing. Well, do they do they have to keep the kosher laws? Do they have to do they have to keep uh, the the uh, other commandments? Do the, what commandments are they obligated to keep and what not? And as Saint Paul and and Saint Barnabas lay out and demonstrate what God has been doing with those that were not circumcised to those that were not keeping kosher laws, most especially, that they see that God's Spirit has been moving among them. And how can that be? And so we have St. James standing up. St. James, whose feast day we just celebrated, actually on Monday, I believe it was, James the Lesser, stands up and says, it seems to be that God wills that we set those commandments aside. This is a paraphrase, of course. But the three things that we must do, avoid pollution from idols, meaning we don't have anything to do with idols. We avoid unlawful marriage, and we avoid the meat of strangled animals and of blood. That we treat our animals kindly, uh, the animals we're going to eat for food kindly, and avoid blood. Now, I know some are thinking, in my mind, uh, blood sausage, mm. or various other things. I know some people are grossed out by that. But, uh, but still in that queasy time, of the, uh, and, and they decided those were the commandments. So as we turn and we look at the gospel reading today, and we're going to have the same gospel passage as part of our gospel passage, actually, for Sunday, um, so I don't want to overstep too much, but is this the commandments Jesus is talking about? No, the commandment he's talking about is love.
to love God, to remain in his love. And that, that word is remain is not just to throw away. It means to, to dwell in, to abide in, to stay in, to, re, to uh, find one's home there. And if we find our home in the love of Christ, all the commandments, all the ones we're obligated to continue to keep, become not burdens, but ways of expressing that love. The commandments. The Old Testament, of course, we, we have the ten, ten Commandments and stuff like that. The, the apostles didn't have to, to address those. They didn't name those. Did you catch that? Why? Because if we live those commandments, it is love. We are called to love. So how, how can we love God if we don't honor him? How can we love God if we use his name in vain? How can we love God if, if we don't keep holy the Sabbath? How can we love our, our neighbor if we don't honor our father and mother, our brothers or sisters, or we, we extend it out, those in authority over us? How can we love God if we don't, or if we bear false witness? How can we, all these things. So it comes down to that commandment. There's no law in the church that demands we love. Do you know this? Because that's what it means to be Christian. To accept the love of God who loves us first and to respond to love. This is a commandment. So if we're ever in doubt of what to do, we choose the path that leads to a deeper love. One of my favorite stories, St. Augustine was asked uh, by Proba, what, what do I have to do to live a moral life? Proba was a young woman he was uh, basically a spiritual director to. And he responded, love and do what you will. In our world, that sounds so shallow or it sounds, it sounds so dangerous. But if we really understand this love, that love itself is a fulfillment of all the commandments, there is nothing more. Seek the way of love first. The way that deepens love. Love of God and love of others. And that's how we remain in his love.